This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Well, hello, everyone. I hope and pray all is well with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the I Can Do podcast. I hope and pray all is well with you. I hope you had a fantastic weekend with friends, with family, with being able to worship, hopefully at some point in time. Well, yesterday, my family and I, we went to worship services, and then we spent the afternoon at home, and we watched uh, most of the games, uh, the NFL games, and they were crazy, weren't they? They were all over the place. I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so today or last night was a little bit disappointing. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the same without him being in the Super Bowl, but I guess every once in a while, someone else has to win the Super Bowl. You know, when you think about life and you think about winning, uh, we all want our teams to win. Well, today I want to talk about family. As you know, faith, family, fitness, and food, those are really the big things that take up or make up my life. If you've listened to this podcast for a long period of time, you probably have picked up on that. I do like talking about fitness quite a bit, and I like interviewing people. Faith, obviously, is a big deal to me as well. So today I want to talk a little bit about the family. And this podcast is called The Key to Having a Great Family. It's so fascinating when you watch television shows and now they're all over the place with streaming and uh, videos and networks and shows and series, but you often will see certain certain uh, commonalities uh, within these shows, right, where uh, the father will protect his family at all cost or the father will protect the family name at all cost. And sometimes there is revenge that takes place for the sake of honor. You know, I often think about National Treasure and how uh, National Treasure, uh, who was the main character, Ben Gates, I believe, where he would go to great lengths to protect and to preserve the family name. I think it's great that we protect and preserve our family name. However, many of these movies, there are many things that happen in these movies that are contrary to the will of God. Number one, God says, vengeance belongs to me. So that poses a big problem with some of the, some of the things or tactics that take place in these, in these movies or television shows. But we are to be aware, and we should have the mindset, particularly as men, of protecting our families. The Bible reminds us that we should be aware of the schemes of the devil, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. And we also know that he is our enemy, according to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. And therefore, we are to be aware, we are to be sober. Uh, 
In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Israelites were to teach their children the way of God. They were to talk about the scriptures on a regular basis. I recently wrote a bulletin article called Kid Fluencers, where today so many of the main or mainstream or big time companies, they're marketing to children. And we're not really have to be, we don't have to be so much concerned as much, I guess, with uh, television commercials. They're still out there and many of them are bad. But TikTok and other social media platforms, this is where a lot of influence is taking place with young people. So as parents, we need to be aware who and what and how are our children being influenced. So we do need to protect our families, our marriages in particular, husbands and wives. We need to protect them. My wife, Nikki, and I, we were talking about how our date nights have decreased uh, where, you know, we were going out once a week trying to do something. Um, And I think the last three months uh, with the holiday season, the holiday season was really hard for the Lee family. And our dates went down during that time. So what we have done, we took a date Saturday, last Saturday, and we have all of February, Lord willing, planned where in our schedule, we are going to take some time to take a date and spend some time, just the two of us. So it's important that we protect our homes. So now I want to talk about, though, how can we have a great family? You know, we all want great things in life. How can we have a great family? family. Well, let's talk about what the one key might be to having a great family. Now, there are many things that are good, number one, but these are not the key when it comes to having a great family. Okay, are you ready? So this is point number one. All of the things I'm going to list here, these things can be good, but they don't make a family great. All right. So number one, having a big house, it's okay to have a big house, but that is not, that's not going to make the family great. In Haggai chapter one, the, the Israelites, when they got back from captivity, they kept saying the time has not yet come for us to rebuild the temple. And so what they were doing, they were building their paneled houses and God said, consider your ways. It is time. On the other hand, you look at men like Joshua in the old Testament where he said in chapter 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So having a big house is great. It can make things pretty comfortable, but that's not the key. In fact, sometimes if not careful, it can get in the way of having a great family because we're so focused on materialism. So that's not the key. Number two, having a nice car. Well, that's a good thing. Look, I understand you want to have reliable transportation Everything changes if you don't have reliable transportation, but that's not the key to having a great family. Number three, avoiding debt. That's not the key to having a great family, but I will say this, Proverbs chapter 22, the slave or the borrower is slave to the lender. So we should seek to avoid financial debt. And many times our families are not great because there is a lot of financial debt which leads to a lot of arguments. But avoiding debt, there are plenty of people who may not have any debt, but they are not happy in their home. So that's not the key to having a great family. Having a great job, well, that's not a key or that's not the key either. 
Now, you, you will need a great job to have a big house, a nice car, and to avoid debt. But that's not it, my friend. So the house, that's not the key. A nice car is not the key. A nice uh, salary is not the key. Avoiding debt, that's not the key either. What about taking family vacations? Those are good, but that's not the key to having a great family. You can go away for a week or two and still have the same mess relationship-wise when you get back to your big house and your nice cars and your debt-free life. So family vacations, that is not the key. What about being social influencers as families? Well, there's a lot of cool families on YouTube and Facebook and other social media outlets, but that's not the key. In fact, if not careful, that can actually get in the way of your family being great because of time, stress, too much personal information out in the public. What about if your family has a lot of athletes in it? Well, that's not the key either. It's good for our children to be in sports and and things like that, but that doesn't make the family or the home great. So just think about some of these things. There are lots of things, unfortunately, that people focus on and say, well, if we just have these things, possessions, experiences, our families will be great. No, those aren't it. So while those things can be good and oftentimes are good, look, I'm not opposed to people making a lot of money and having good quality things, but they are not the key. All right, so let's look at point number two. Point number two is the things I'm going to share with you here, these things are good, no doubt about it, but they may not be the key either. See if you agree with me or not by the time we get to the end of this podcast. So what are some things that are good, necessary, that we must have in our families, but still may not be the key to having a great family? Well, number one, we need companionship. We don't like to be alone. In fact, in Genesis, God said it's not good for man to be alone. And yet, there are many people who have husbands and wives and children in a nice big house, and yet they can feel like they're the only person in the entire house. They can be surrounded by family members and yet still feel very alone because people don't listen. They don't feel like they are wanted. And so even with companionship, while that's good, that's not the key. What about worshiping together? Families that worship together, stay together. Yeah, I agree with that. But that may not happen all the time. I've been preaching for almost 20 years. I've seen plenty of families who worship together, but they were really not together. Where you can see them in the pews, they don't like each other. Have you ever experienced that? We're seeing that. Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 does remind us not to forsake the assembly as the habit of some were. So we need to build healthy habits in our families. Our children should know where we're going to be every Sunday. Worshiping together is fantastic. Companionship is fantastic. Even Bible study and prayer. We should be reading our Bibles together as families. Many times our families are not great because we don't read the Bible together. We need to do that more. And we need to take time to pray with one another. Husbands and wives should pray together. And so much can just get in the way of us taking time 
to pray with one another. We need to do that. But someone may be thinking, so wait a second, you're saying that Bible study and prayer, companionship and worship, those aren't the key, the one key or the most important key to having a great family? Well, they could be, but right now I'm going to say no. So what's left? Well, love. That has to be the key, right? Well, first, define love. Is it the love that we use when talking about sports teams or foods <laughs> or when everything is perfect? You see, love, we need to define that word. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, helps us to see what love truly is. Look, love does not keep score. Love does not harm. Love is kind and patient. We need to understand what true love looks like. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that these things, companionship, worship, Bible study, prayer, love, yes, all of these things are necessary. But there's one last thing for us to think about that right now I'm going to say is the key to having a great family. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's something that can take such a long time to get. And it's something that we can lose in an instant. It's something that we must guard with all of our heart. You ready? Trust. Trust is the key to having a great family. For us to say that we have love, but we don't can't trust those words when a family member says it, but have a lot of doubt, well, that's not going to help us. Trust, reliability, integrity, the confidence of knowing someone is being honest with us. Well, that is the key to having a great family. The woman in Proverbs chapter 31 and verses 10 and 11, the Bible says that her husband trusted in her. You see, that's what we need from our children. We need our children to be honest with parents, with us as parents, because if we can't, if they can't be honest, then how are we going to trust them and give them more leeway in time? Well, the same is true with husbands and wives. Husbands and wives need to have trust in one another. You can have all the physical possessions, but if you don't have trust, the house is going to crumble. We have to have the trust that people are going to follow through, and that's one of the biggest challenges and reasons why we often lose trust. We don't follow through with what we say we will do. I listened to a podcast and I heard about a physician, Dr. Kim Andrew, if I'm remembering his name correctly, at Rush Hospital in Chicago. He grew up on the south side of Chicago. He's a cardiologist. He talked about when he went to school when he was 9, 10, or 11, and he was walking to school, and it was cold. His dad was not really around growing up, but his dad said, I'm going to buy you a coat for the winter time." but the coat never arrived. Anyway, Dr. Kim would say that he would eventually get pneumonia and have to go into the hospital. Now you tell me how that affected that young boy when his father did not follow through. You see, trust is the key to having a great family. And children make sure we understand that as, as, as parents, right? 
They will remind us, you said you were going to do this last week. You said this was going to take place. They will remind us over and over again. So we have to be able to follow through. But sometimes things can get in the way of following through, which can hinder our trust. What might some of those things be? Well, work for working to have the big house and the big car and to always be out of debt. And the family component, the family dynamic falls to the wayside. And we start dropping the ball, not following through. Well, then that takes more and more trust away. Flirting with uh, people who are not our spouses can cause us to lose trust. Pornography, emotional affairs, verbal abuse, physical abuse. Talk about losing trust. You see, trust is the key to having a great family. So what do we do if we are the one or the ones that have offended someone in our family or have caused one person or multiple people to lose trust in us. Let me give you a couple of thoughts. Number one, take responsibility. We have to own it. We can't blame the other person, the other party. You see, that's what Adam did with Eve. So this is a habit that men have. I've been guilty of this myself. Have you? Women can do this as well. So if we are the ones that have offended someone, we must own responsibility. Number two, we must make a sincere apology. That means that we take ownership again. I am sorry for what I did to you or how I behaved or how I spoke. King David is a great example of taking ownership. I have sinned. He had to make things right. And we need to do the same thing. We have to have a, we have to give a sincere apology. And then number three, well, number three, we have to be subject to scrutiny because we have offended someone, because we have caused them to lose trust in us. We have to be willing to allow them to see that repentance has really taken place, whether that's looking at our cell phones, our laptops, our call records, where we are going, where we are. There's some rules that are going to have to be set up and we're going to have to be subject to scrutiny because we are the ones that caused that lack of trust. And that can be hard, but it is often necessary because we want to build it back up. And that's that's the next thing. Number four, you want to have some barriers, build some barriers. And whether that's an accountability person or talking to your spouse more, where they can continue to rebuild this trust and you can show them that you are trustworthy. Number five, know that you can be forgiven. We will sin and fall short. But if we confess our sins to God, according to 1 John chapter 1, we will be forgiven. And number six, we need to confess. We need to acknowledge that we have come short to God. Uh, And so we have to repent, confess, And we have to move forward. David did that. He made some horrific, sinful choices. And yet he continued to move forward. And then finally, to the person who may have been offended, this is where it can get really hard as well, depending on especially what has happened or how often it has happened. But when there is true repentance, forgiveness and mercy must be given. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I'm not saying this is going to be easy, but I am saying it is who we are supposed to be, according to the Sermon on the Mount. And there can be a lot of a lot of uh, fear of what if this happens again? Well, we have to trust, and with the evidence that we have in front of us, otherwise we're always going to live some kind of life of torment, of doubt and worry about what if certain certain things may happen. And so this is something that is very important for all of us to do. And it's something that we would want if we were the ones who did the offending as well. Peter asked Jesus, how often should we forgive? And Jesus replied, 70 times seven. Not giving a literal number, but helping us to see when one has truly repented and one has asked for forgiveness, we forgive them. What's the key to having a great family? Trust. So the question is, are you building trust in your family? Are you focusing on really what the house is all about? The house is not the brick and the mortar, the carpet. The house is the family and the relationships. Our Father in heaven, he is trustworthy. Let's strive to be like him. I hope this helps. Take care and God bless. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and so can you. Take care and God bless.